Welcome to the Burnout Recovery Podcast, a guiding resource dedicated to healthcare professionals on their journey to overcoming burnout. Spearheaded by Dr. Joe Braid, a certified professional coach and rehabilitation physician. This podcast offers practical strategies through expert interviews and personal resilience stories, providing invaluable tools for navigating professional challenges while prioritizing well-being. Regardless of your role in healthcare, this podcast acknowledges the toll of your work on your overall health and is committed to supporting your recovery from burnout and fostering a fulfilling, sustainable career. So, if you're ready to begin a transformative journey, join us for each new episode. Together, we'll navigate challenges, celebrate successes, and build a supportive community of healthcare professionals. Hello, and welcome back to the Burnout Recovery Podcast. Today, I'm delighted to host Dr. Ash Coxon as my guest on the podcast. Hey, Ash, how are you going today? Hey, Joe, I'm going great. Thanks. How are you? Really well. Thank you so much. So, Ash is radioing in all the way from Townsville here in Australia, and she is a practicing general practitioner as well as the founder and um, director of medical career planning. So, this is a, a resource for uh, doctors and medical students and all healthcare professionals. Great. And you do coaching and you run workshops and webinars and bring in some experts and so forth as well. Really great to have you here today, Ash. Thanks, Joe. What I would love you to share with my audience, please, is share with them, you know, how you got to having this, I guess, portfolio career, this combination between still having clinical work that you do and I guess um, a cohort of patients who you care for long term as well as your private business, your clinical entrepreneurial side that you run as well. Tell us what your journey has been to getting to where you are, please. Okay. Well, it's, it's a long journey, um, but I'll start at the start. So the start, I guess, was is that I never in my wildest dreams imagined I would run a business and be, as you described, a clinical entrepreneur. It um, certainly was uh, <laughs> nothing that I could have imagined. When I was a child, my parents would say that I was uh, not a risk taker, um, did everything by the book and never sort of um, imagined or, or dreamed about what I could be. I always was what I thought was told I would be or what I thought I would be. Mm. Um, I would never go mm. about imagining like, oh, well, maybe I could do this or maybe I could do that. So I went into, I did well at high school, um, as I think most doctors do. And so mm -hmm. I was, you know, one of those people that was like, well, what do you do when you do well at high school? I guess you do medical school. Um, so I was lucky right. enough to get into medical mm -hmm. school. Second year out, I did um, occupational therapy um, year first. So I had a bit of an oh, understanding okay. of allied health and, and I loved occupational therapy. I loved it. And then I, but yet I was still determined to do medicine. So I went on and did medicine. Um, as I went through the medical yes. degree, I really loved the socialization aspect and I really loved um, my friends and I loved learning about medicine, but I wasn't quite sure if medicine in what the job was was really me. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if it fit me. Um, so when I became yes. a junior doctor, I had a fairly big crisis <laughs> or, I, or I guess career identity crisis of being like, I don't think this is me. I don't think I want to do this. I don't think I want to be a doctor. So what do I do? So mm -hmm. I went through a um, bit of a career spiral, I guess. And I tried to ask anyone that was willing to listen or give advice on what they think I should do. And this was in 2007, I yes. became an intern. So, um, you know, okay. quite a while ago now. And at that time in 2007, no one ever spoke about the concept of 
maybe you don't want to be a doctor or it's okay to leave medicine. There was certainly this, um, no one really spoke about the bad side of medicine. So I just kind of grinned and bared it and thought, oh, Mm. there'll be something there for me. And um, general practice came calling and I thought GP would be great for me. So I went off into general practice. I quite liked GP, um, but I still felt like something was missing. There was always this feeling that Mm -hmm. I wasn't, 100% 100% where I needed or wanted to be. So I, I got really mm-hmm. heavily involved in medical education and did a master's of medical education. And throughout that, I became more and more interested in um, the idea of thinking back to my junior doctor years and thinking, you know, we have these skilled, talented, educated people who are so tra- well trained mm-hmm. to be clinicians, yet there's so many different yes. things we can do, but no one tells us what they are like why isn't there anyone that can tell us what's out there or Mm. can tell us that there might be different pathways or can lead us the way or to help us with our career development um so I just it it was after the I then went and had my first baby and it was after the birth of my first child that I was just like I think I need to do it it just came to me so then I um did a career development practitioner qualification um and I started my business when my second baby was one week old. I started, I launched medical career planning. Wow. Um, wow. Because my first baby, <laughs> my first child was a really, really, really good sleeper. So I was one of these parents that was like, oh, babies, they just sleep for like three hours at a time. And because I was finishing off my master's when my first baby was born as well. I was like, oh, I think all, mm-hmm. all babies do that. I obviously know what I'm doing. And the second baby came. So <laughs> I was under false pretenses and he did not sleep at all. Uh, so that was a really oh, difficult gosh. year to start the business. But yeah. it was fun and it was yes. a journey. And that was in 2016. So I've just continued okay. to grow the business mm. um, whilst working as a clinical GP as well. And I've gone off and spent some time working more deeply in medical education so now we do um, yeah, career right. counselling, coaching, career planning for medical students, doctors, um, and as you said, all other health professionals as well. Mm-hmm. So that's me. <laughs> wow, that's great. What a great story. Yes, you know, following that curiosity and that gap that you sensed as an individual going through your career and creating a solution to that gap that you found as well. Yeah, yeah, well, I fantastic. guess um, it was it was that constant um, questioning as to and the curiosity that I think we have as doctors, and mm. and I, I often wondered was it research that I wanted to do? Like I had this question that needed to be answered, mm-hmm. like why is there no career counsellors for doctors? And I often thought maybe I should do a PhD right. on this, or maybe I need to do a, a, a project on this. And then um, I think it was my husband that said to me, like, well, like why don't you just solve the problem like become one and that's where it all started yes oh fantastic so inspiring great so um you've now got three children is that right living up in three townsville um involved with university up there then if it's medical education that you're involved with yep i'm not um, working at the university at the moment yeah, I'm not working at the university at the moment. I was working in a position mm. um, which was joint university and hospital venture, which um, up until recently, which was fabulous. Oh. And I still, um, JCU is the university I went to and that's the university that's up mm-hmm. here. So um, JCU has this beautiful way of keeping their alumni involved. So even if you're not employed by the right. university, 
you're always called back to do um, help with medical school interviews or help with lectures. And so you're always peripherally involved. So yes, and I'm an adjunct senior lecturer to JCU as well. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So you have a range of clients that might come and work with you or your team at medical career planning. What kind of um, what kind of clients come and work with you and with the clients that you work with? This being the Burnout Recovery Podcast, do you notice or do they share with you that they've either been in burnout or have a sense that they've been in in that sort of pit of burnout they're approaching burnout they're coming out of burnout they've been somewhere in that sort of insidious cycle that we we can notice sometimes in ourselves often more often in others actually but what do you see in your clients with that relation to to an experience of burnout please yeah so yes a lot of my clients have um are currently in or approaching rapidly or recovering from burnout. That's a a really common thing that Mm. I see. Mm. I mean, I I see a lot of clients that aren't Mm. as well and don't and and, and just have genuine career Mm. dissatisfaction or are just genuinely curious Mm. about what they want to do. Um, But, yeah, a, a large proportion would be experiencing some sort of burnout the mm. sorts of clients that come to me are often um, you, career counselling is often pro- quite a advanced um, thought process. I, I think when it comes to burnout, so often by the time they mm-hmm. come to me, they've gone through the worst. They've engaged with the GP, they've engaged with the psychologist, they've done what needs to be done, and then their mm. identification might be, oh, gee, it might be my career that's impacting burnout. So. Very frequently people will come who have just kind of recovered from burnout or who feel that they are, may ha- now have the capacity to make those next moves. They're probably the most common mm. people that I work with. Um, mm. There are certainly some that, that I work with that are right in the thick of it and I always try and encourage those people to um, get as many supports around them as possible uh, and to not necessarily yeah. make any massive yeah, career decisions when they're in the midst of burnout. Yeah. 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 No, that sounds good. I find I have, I sometimes have clients who um, are transitioning um, in their career and they don't necessarily want to bring that sort of identity of how they showed up and did things previously in a different workplace that may um, have been a combination with triggers in the workplace for them to, to return into sort of burnout and overwhelm and trying to manage um, in that situation. So we often do a bit of work around sort of identity and boundaries and expectations and things like that. Yeah. Would that be similar to what you might do absolutely. for the person we, um, with career planning as well? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We spend a fair bit of time talking about what might have happened in the past because past, are all, past is always a great predictor of future as well so we sort of will talk about what triggers they might Mm. have and what things you know if they're if they perhaps as an example have burnt out from um being in a you know being in let's say general practice and and one of the key triggers of their dissatisfaction or burnout might be um conflict and and constantly having to have conflict with um staff or whatever it might be and then they're Mm -hmm. thinking of moving into a different career we quite often, I'll quite often bring up the fact, well, you really need to be specific about what is making you unhappy in that past career because you, if it's just, if it's conflict, 
there might be conflict in your future career as a, you know, medical administrator expert. So having Mm. that really specific Mm. awareness of what led to the burnout and also just what leads to general career dissatisfaction because you can be dissatisfied in your career and not burnt out and vice versa. You can be burnt out and satisfied as well. So having that really specific Mm. um, thing can then really help you move forward to come up with um, be aware of your triggers and have a bit of an action plan as to what to do when you're starting to feel unhappy in that new workplace potentially. Um, Because I think, um, oh, yeah, so it's sort of like a bit of an an action plan of (laughs) dissatisfaction and preventable dissatisfaction for for your new venture because a lot of the people that I work with um, don't actually move into uh, have a huge career change. So, a lot of the clients mm-hmm. will come wanting something to be different. And often when we are unhappy and want change, often it is natural and normal to think, I need the biggest change possible. So like, I'm not liking my job. I just want to quit and work in Woolworths or I'm not liking my job. I just want to, you know, become a florist. So that is a really normal response yep. for people when they're unhappy to just mm-hmm. imagine the possibilities. That is mm-hmm. a really mm-hmm. important um, exercise though because if you if you are unhappy in your job and you're dreaming of working as a checkout chicken Woolworths that when you start to mm-hmm. actually figure out why that might be and you start to analyze it you might be able to say well what is more appealing about my current job that the what is more appealing about working yes. in Woolworths and my current job and you might be able to identify yeah, okay. Um, responsibility, like I'm, I'm wanting um, less responsibility in my job. So once mm-hmm. you've identi- identified yeah. what that thing might be, you can say, well, maybe I still want to be a doctor, but maybe I need to think about mm. how I go about responsibility. Do I need to be in a more supervised practice or do I want to go and do a job that has less responsibility? So being able to identify that specific sure. thing can then really help direct you as to where you want to go. So good. Yes. You know, you've got almost the data, haven't you, then to sort of measure against and think what the other options are for you when you've got that specific about what has not been working out. Mm. Oh, that's really good. Um, yeah. Would you like to share any sort of examples of clients who've then maybe got a portfolio career? So they might still be maintaining some clinical role. Maybe they have got the ability to reduce down their hours, maybe that is a strategy for them. Um, And there's something else on the side. Because I think the term portfolio career is getting talked about more. And still for some people, they're like, what does that mean? And and what's an example of how that might look? I'd love um, if you want to share something around that area, please, Ash. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So a, a lot of my clients end up working in portfolio careers. So as I was sort of speaking to in the last example, a lot of the time you don't need to have a massive career transition to be to find happiness in your career. Often it's identifying what is making you unhappy and identifying something which mm-hmm. could sort of fix that problem. So quite often a portfolio career is perfect for that um, because you might say to yourself, look, not particularly happy working as a full-time um, ED physician. Um, I'm, I'm feeling burnt mm-hmm. out. I, I'm not enjoying it. Um, instead of, you know, retraining as a high school teacher, what a portfolio career allows someone is to say, let's say, okay, I'll keep working two days a week in ED and I feel like that's my maximum. Mm-hmm. 
then I might go on and do two days in education or I might get on a board or I might get on a committee or you sort of think about what Mm. skills you have that aren't being met or perhaps is what why you're perhaps not satisfied is often there's part of you that isn't being um, challenged or stimulated and often then finding a job in that role. So, um, you know, I've worked with yeah. lots and lots of people and I won't say too much about the jobs just to, to maintain their um, sure. anonymity. Um, but just recently I've worked Thank with a GP, a GP who was um, full-time GP, been a GP for a very long time, felt very burnt out, very much so wanting to go move into something else. And when they came to me, they, they were saying, mm-hmm. I just want to quit. I just want to leave medicine. What can I do? But I don't want to go back and retrain and I don't want to go back to university. So what we did is we kind of worked through mm-hmm. everything I've already discussed. And that particular GP now works in um, it's still um, one and a half days a week now as a GP. And then they've also moved into mm-hmm. um, a, a claims job where they spend a lot of time using their medical knowledge, oh. so a medical advisor claims job, which is a yeah. non-patient-facing job Great. in which they actually get to sit down and still be really interested in medicine, still use all of their knowledge that they mm-hmm. have about and using that to advise a company around um, certain claims for people. And then they get to sure. have a day a week off sure. as well. Great. So that's sort of that yeah, portfolio good. career yeah. idea is, so, you know, my job is what we describe as a portfolio career. So clinical GP yeah. plus, um, you know, doing this career counselling and business on the side as well, plus with some medical education yeah. that I also do. So the concept of portfolio sure. careers is just having bits and pieces of everything that will give you overall career satisfaction. Mm. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. I think um, when you're talking about what's satisfying and what's fulfilling, I often um, talk with my clients around what is meaningful and we know that having at least 20% of your work week, so your work-related tasks as being meaningful, decreases your chance of uh, or your risk of burnout quite significantly as well. So, um, yeah, think about what is meaningful to you and that's a question for the audience on the podcast here. What is meaningful to you and is your current uh, role in work meeting what is meaningful for you and if not what could you you even change in your existing workplace rather than looking to move sideways or changing things up yeah great so I know we've both got three kids at home we're both juggling that um, clinical role that we have and we've got our own businesses which uh, sometimes can be a bit like having a fourth child maybe or an extra child <laughs> <laughs> they Fourth, certainly fifth, can take a lot seven. of energy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> You've been running yours longer than me, Ash, so I'll, I'll look forward to the extra ones that are coming. Um, <laughs> what would be a burnout prevention strategy that you engage, that you use, that you um, bring into your week so that, um, you know, you're there for your kids, you're there for your business, your partner, your friends? Um, what What works for you as something that, stops you from going in this in the spiral if if you'd like to share please yeah Yeah, absolutely um so I spent the first four years of my business journey really um on the (laughs) teetering on the edge of burnout um because it's very hard to know boundaries particularly when you're running a business Mm. and particularly when the sole Mm. success of your business and your 
big risk that you've taken to step away from a sensible full paying job relies on Mm. you and how much effort you put in. Mm -hmm. So for a long time, um, I felt I had to do it all. um, And doing it all quite often meant working before the kids woke up, when after the kids went to bed, working on weekends, running workshops on weekends. If clients wanted to see me at 10 mm. o'clock on a Thursday night, I'll see them at 10 o'clock on a Thursday night. And it got to the point mm-hmm. where um, I had to have a very clear, I, I got to the point of it almost shutting down the business due to the overwhelm and the very close to burnout. Yes. And I had to learn mm. boundaries. And I know that's a word that we throw around a lot. Um, and some people who might be listening, and I know I felt this, I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like, what do you mean by telling me to set boundaries? Mm. I have like, what am I meant to do? I think only you need to go through that individual, um, quest and figuring it out of what it means for you. For me, it meant Mm -hmm. I need to stop seeing clients after hours. I need to stop cleaning, seeing clients on the weekend because that gives me time to be with my family or to do my exercise, you know, now a 5K run or mm-hmm. going and playing tennis on a Wednesday night, Yes, unfortunately, Great. is the most important thing for me. I know that there's, a, yeah. you know, I could be seeing someone and really helping someone, but I could also see them Thursday at 2 p.m. in, in, the, in, the, in the working hours. Yeah. So for me, a burnout sure. strategy and a self-care strategy has really been about um, being firm with my boundaries because it's given me so much more mm. time, confidence and self-love and self-worth to be able to say, Great. I deserve to go to yes. tennis on a Wednesday night and I'm going to do it. Um, yeah. So that's probably, yeah. it's it's not, for me, it wasn't meditating. I, you know, I tried to meditate. I tried to do all the mm. traditional self-care strategies. For me, it was just creating boundaries. And almost I hear that you're creating the boundary with yourself. So it's like, when am I available for my business? When am I not available for my business? And, um, and you know, why? Why are you setting that boundary? And, you know, you've got that importance that you hold with family time and exercise and maintaining your well-being so that you are there fresh, ready to coach the client at Thursday at 2 p.m. instead of Wednesday late in the evening. So, absolutely, yeah, boundaries and with that, ourself. Think, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. And we are, the, we are often the ones that, um, you know, I was the only one that was making myself running myself into my ground into the ground no one else was saying to me yes, yes. um you know why aren't yeah. you working at this time why aren't you you know clients would say hey do you do after hours the answer is yes or no I would then be like oh, of course mm. whatever you want whatever you want um you know I, of sure. course I want to help clients but I thought about other ways of helping them outside of hours so that's why I went on and created some mm-hmm. online workshops some content some workshops on the weekend yeah. in dedicated you know, once every Great. three months as opposed to every week to mm-hmm. be able to still give them stuff if yes. they can only come after hours. So I was, it was me, sure. it was, I was the one putting all of this on myself, no one else. And I think taking a bit of accountability yeah. into um, what, you're, what you're doing to yourself as well, for me personally, that was really important. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Great. I think it's that interesting transition also with a uh, mind that has gone through the medical training program from getting ready to get into medical school, medical school, any specialty training and junior years that yep. you've had as well. And there can be quite a give it all approach. And 
the patient comes first and that kind of thing that we might then bring into our own businesses as well and just having that um, awareness of, well, what am I doing this for? And like you said, nobody's making me do this and how can I best serve like the business, keep myself well and therefore then serve my clients as best I can um, in a long-term sustainable way, which you've clearly done for nine years now, which is awesome. Yeah. Which is one, and so Good. one of the things I often say to my clients, which I say to myself as well, and the question is, would mm. I rather dot, 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 dot. So if mm. you're going through a period of Ooh, struggle, I, yeah. like, and, and I said it to myself, would I rather burn myself out and, and, and put, see people at 10 o'clock at night or dot, mm-hmm. dot, 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 close the business down? Cause that's what it was coming to. So wow. did I, was I going to close the business yeah. down? Cause I was just too exhausted or was I still going to see people at 10 o'clock at night? And then I was like, well, mm-hmm. I think I, I don't want to do either. So what am I going to do? And I often say that to people, let's say they're working in full-time clinical practice and they're exhausted mm-hmm. and they don't know how, they, mm-hmm. they don't know what to do. I say, well, what would you rather? Would you rather yeah. um, quit, burn out, um, have to take, you know, a significant period of leave or whatever it is, or is mm. now the time to cut back on your hours? So often framing that question takes away the guilt of you thinking it's only mm. your decision. It's when you when you frame yes. it like that, you start to see it as a necessity. Like I need to do this to look mm. after myself. I need to yeah. tell work that I can't do all that extra hours that they want me to do. I need to tell work that I can't keep doing these presentations at, when they tell me yes. two days notice to do them, all these sorts of things. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Great. Love that. No, that sounds like such a good uh, question with, yeah, some options there to be asking oneself or also what you're, you you bring to your clients as well. So um, I think we're rounding out. We've, we've heard um, about a self-care tool that you use a lot, which is setting those boundaries and making sure you get time to have a hit of tennis or go for a run and connect with your family and that. How can people find you online? Where can they find the workshops and the courses and coaching with you? Please share that with the audience. Thank you, Ash. So my website is Medical Career Planning. So it's www.medicalcareerplanning.com.au and uh, my email address is info at medicalcareerplanning.com.au. Brilliant. Yeah, great. Okay, well, I'll pop that in the show notes as well so people can see that. I really appreciate your time and uh, the shares that you have provided for the audience with some great takeaway questions um, that we can ask ourselves, clarity around why boundaries matter and what they could look like and how we can set them even with ourselves as, as a starter before we might even be setting them outside of ourselves in a workplace or so forth as well. I know my audience will get a lot from the interview that we've had today. Thanks so much for your time. I'll see you again soon. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Burnout Recovery Podcast. If there's someone in your world who would also benefit from this, please share it with them. Remember, you're not alone and there is hope for a brighter, more fulfilling future. Let's continue this journey together one episode at a time. For more resources, including how to move from dread to delight, head to drjoebraid.com.